Stop the Genocide in American Ghettos podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Barbie. I would like to encourage everyone on my Facebook friends list, everyone in my social groups, and all of my listeners worldwide, please do me a favor. Hit that like button and share this video podcast with your friends, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube page. It's free. Help make this video podcast go viral by posting this link to your Facebook page, your Instagram page, and or on your Twitter page. This video podcast is available in three forms, audio, video, and as a written text in order for us to reach our audience. We have upgraded our platform by moving from an audio podcast to a video podcast using StreamYard technology. We want to interact with our audience in real time through the chat room during our live streaming. I want to know if there is anyone on my Facebook friends list or anyone in my social groups that reside in the United States who knows how to do a professional fundraising. If so, please get in contact with me. Send me a message to my Facebook inbox. Help Stop the Genocide in American Ghettos podcast is our interactive black grassroots media component. We discuss controversial topics that you don't hear about in the mainstream media. We're committed to reporting truthful and accurate news. We believe that now is the time for a comprehensive new strategy and a new movement for black people slash African people. I use this platform to interact with everyone on my friends list, everyone in my social groups by giving black business owners free airtime to promote their products and services. I give people in the faith community an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I give the black authors and ordinary law-abiding citizens an opportunity to share their special talents to my listeners from the global community. After the show, I offer my guest speakers an incentive by teaching them how to create their own podcasts and YouTube channel to help them generate extra revenue. I also assist people on my friends list with creating basic websites, finding college scholarships and grants, housing and legal services, all for free. Here on out, we're going to use our GoFundMe page as an indicator of our progress in getting this film project fully funded and made. My film project is my last attempt to try to do something positive for my racial group here in America before I cut and run to Africa. At this time, all I can do is news commentary because I don't have, I have little to no support. And so, you know, it is what it is. We host our virtual conference every last Saturday of the month until we are able to raise the capital to fund our film project. Our film project 
quote, hood liberator made in Chicago. The war against Willie Lynch begins is a solution-based docudrama, which is based on my experience growing up in the inner cities of Chicago. And the purpose why I created the grassroots community activist movement in the first place. This is our Black Panther moment, except it's owned, it's not owned by Disney, it's owned by us. We want to get this film in front of 500 million people worldwide. We will offer a 21st century solution for both domestically within the United States of America and throughout the diaspora. Without support from the Black grassroots and the global African family, then I'm unable to do my job. This is why I'm reaching out to African immigrants within the United States of America from the following African nations, South Africa, Kenya, Ethiopia, Tanzania, Uganda, Angolia, Liberia, Ivory Coast, Ghana, and Nigeria. Please stand up and work with me. The sooner we get this film project fully funded and made, the sooner we can build the Grassroots Community Activist Institute of Chicago and expand it to the African continent, starting in South Africa. Once the proceeds from the docudrama starts pouring in, then I will be in a better position financially to purchase property in Chicago, buy office equipment, and hire qualified black middle-class professionals and African immigrants within the United States of America. I will run my Christian business the way I run my home, drama-free. The Grassroots Community Activist Institute of Chicago's mission is to eradicate urban violence in Chicago through art, culture, commerce, spiritual development, and hosting African tours in 10 African nations. We're going to meet people from my African group, Rakai of Africa. I will bring the best of the diaspora to each African nation so that we can set up local chapters and do international trade among our brothers and sisters on the continent. We will reconnect black entrepreneurs with Af African entrepreneurs, black artists with African artists. In this Christian business, our objective is to heal from enslavement and colonization. The title of this presentation, Giving the Political Game During an Election Year 2024. Before I go into my presentation, I encourage all of my listeners to follow me on my Medium page. There you will have access to all of my transcripts. Select the exact title of this presentation so that you can follow along. I'm not sure how to use screen share on StreamYard as of yet, but this is the best that I can do for now. I came across two TikTok videos. To watch these videos, first go to my Medium page and then select the exact title of this presentation. Then scroll down to show and prove. The first TikTok video is about a young brother who is explaining American politics. What I got from this young brother video is that white liberals is going to be upset if black people don't come out and vote to keep 
them comfortable. Well, those days are gone. They're practicing reverse psychology. Reverse psychology is a technique involved involving the assertion of a belief or behavior that is opposite to the one desire with the expectation that this approach will encourage the subject of the persuasion to do what is actually desired. So how is this related to black America and the 2024 election year? My mantra this year, as it pertains to non-black issues, if it's not about my people, then it's not my problem because nobody is stumping for our reparations. They only care when they can benefit from our struggle. They use emotional manipulation tactics, talking about how our ancestors fought and died so that we could vote. No, that's not what they fought and died for. They wanted us to be free. Those who play on others' emotion, other people's emotions, will try to make you feel responsible for their unhappiness. What that brother was talking about on TikTok was the guilt trip that they use on black Americans. We're not the only people that vote in America. White people vote, Latino people vote, and Asian people vote, etc. But they only want to guilt trip black Americans about voting because our ancestors had to fight and die to have what everybody else had access to. It's used to make us feel guilty using images of Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, and many others during the civil rights era. They'll show all these images to you to make you feel a certain way. But they can't do that to these other groups because those other groups didn't have to go through what our people had to go through in this country. Now black Americans are starting to wake up. We are demanding lineage-based cash payment reparations for descendants of American slaves and a anti-black hate crime bill. Notice with these other groups, the, the career politicians offer them tangibles. They understand if they don't bring them any tangibles, they're not going to get their, their vote. They're not going to vote unless you give them something. The reason why black Americans is in the condition that we are in, it's not only limited to just white supremacists, the white supremacists, but also our black politicians. Over here, I educate Gurkham members and my listeners from the local community to view American politics as a business transaction. We should only focus on the policies and what we are going to, and what is it going to do for our community? That's when you get to the point of political maturity. We talk about EDI, which stands for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. 
is just a remix of affirmative action. Question, what group of people benefited the most from DEI? The question is, what group of people benefited the most from DEI? The answer is white women. They hold more positions with DEI programs. If you read the book, quote, they were her property, white women as slave owners in America, South, unquote. According to the author, 40% of slave owners in the South were white women, the same women that benefited from EDI programs. So I don't care if the Republicans decide to take away uh, you know, that privilege just like they did with um, affirmative action because it did not benefit black Americans. Like the situation with the Asian Americans, they thought that taking away affirmative action would end up hurting black people with college admissions. The mantra y'all need to keep in 2024 is this, if it's not about my people, then it's not my problem. I'm going to focus on what we got going on. Individuals from other communities that portray themselves as a as a true ally, then I will support those individuals, no matter what community they come from. I will support that individual, not their group. We don't have time to get bogged down with someone else's issues. Over here, we're pushing for lineage-based cash payment reparations for descendants of American slaves. We're trying to multitask handling such issues as urban gentrification and black neighborhoods, community safety, etc. So many different black issues alone, we just don't have the time to fight other people's battles, bottom line. Any career politician who don't agree with lineage-based cash payment reparations for descendants of American slaves, then we don't have nothing to talk about. Y'all need to understand these career politicians have to pander for votes in order for them to remain in office, especially during an election year. They're the ones coming around us begging for our votes. If I'm not, if I'm going to give my vote, then I'm going to get something out of the deal. Black people, we have to stop this black and brown coalition. It doesn't exist. It doesn't mean we hate anyone, but we need to focus our energy on what's going on with us. This is what Gurkham is all about, focusing on solving black issues in America. For example, when other groups of people get tangible resources, they don't mention anything about black people like the Asian community. When they got that anti-Asian hate crime bill, they didn't say a word about including black people in their, in their bill. When they get access to any kind of protections or resources, they never mention black people. But when they need us, they have all, all of a sudden, they become minorities again and they start singing that kumbaya 
until they get something specific for their group, then all of a sudden they start saying, quote, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. So black people have woken up to the game. It's a fitness. Our home ownership rate is only one and a half percent higher than it was during the civil rights era, but yet we got all these black politicians and our homeowner home ownership rate is in the gutter. If black Americans could buy homes, that is an asset. That is something you can pass down to your children. You would you want to be in a position to get land and property that could be passed down, or you can sell it and get a bigger home. As I mentioned in my revised book, real estate is a big thing for black Americans to have. Black Americans are renting more because we're not getting qualified for home loans that can be done without Congress. If the Democrats really cared about black Americans, they could go through the FHA, that is the Federal Housing Administration, and make it easy for black Americans to get a home. The Biden administration could reduce the down payment for FHA and reduce the percentage of debt to income ratio. America loses trillions of dollars a year due to systematic racism. The government could regulate the banking system through the Consumer Protection Financial Bureau. The feds could go in and make them audit the banks to see with which um, business loans and home loans, how many they given to whomever and see this big disparity by going through the books. If they find a pattern of racial discrimination, then they can hit them with fines, make them pay a trillion dollars in fines. When it comes to politics in America, make sure you look at all of the candidates and review their websites to see where they stand. Also, what policies are they promoting? Make sure your fa- your family can benefit and the African-American community. That's all that matters. Tangible resources for our group. The second TikTok video is entitled, quote, Black Wealth, White Anger, unquote. The video is about a biracial sister She explains how black advancement is too costly for white supremacy in American class system. She talks about Carol Anderson's historical breakdown of the way black wealth and aspiration has been used to undermine black people in America. You heard her story. She was with her white side of her family and still they treated her like the N-word in front of her white parent. Let's look at the situation with Megan 
Michael. If she wasn't confused about who she was, then the people in the UK gave her her inward wake-up call. She got a real rude awakening. The white supremacist financial elites created the term biracial to cause confusion, and they have never accepted biracial people. Remember the Dred Scott case. In that case, it coincided with the one-drop rule of racial classification that was prominent in the 20th century United States. It asserted that any person with even one ancestor of black ancestry, quote, one drop of black blood is considered black. Let's, let's examine the dark side of the U.S. Constitution. Why did the founding fathers use ambiguous terms to refer to black people in the U.S. Constitution? Thomas Jefferson and James Madison drafted the U.S. Constitution and Bill of Rights. They had no intention of providing freedom and liberty to black Americans. They legalized African slavery until this nation's founding documents. Keep in mind, most of these guys who wrote the Constitution were slave owners themselves. The United States of America was built on the idea that black people were assets and commodities, meaning our ancestors were owned and controlled like animals. They were denied basic rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They were viewed no different than cows, chicken, and pigs. The, far, the framers used broad and ambiguous terms to distinguish and minimize debates about the new caste system they were creating. They were faced with the hypocrisy on one hand. They were saying all men deserve life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. When we talk about human rights violations, we're always pointing um, elsewhere. We're always looking at somebody else's circumstances. Look at the way America treats, treated our ancestors. They were several f former U.S. presidents who were members of the KKK, and that's documented. Part of the reason why racism in America doesn't go away is because the people who wrote the Constitution were, were racist. These were your founding fathers, this is the con. These are the individuals that created the constitutional infrastructure of America. This kind of speaks to what we're up against and kind of how we have to understand our situation. They enslaved, dehumanized, exploited, crippled, and killed our people. They decided to use infrarism to distinguish white European immigrants who would be granted land rights and opportunities from the millions of Africans who were being imported into lifetime of enslavement and suffering. 
Futurisms covered up what they were really doing. The definition of a euthorism is a substitute of a mild, indirect, or vague expression for one thought to be offensive, harsh, or blunt when writing about American slavery. The, found, the founders used euthorism such as those who are bound or they would say those who are in debt, those in servitude, those who are bounded. So this is what they said. These are the words that they would use to describe our ancestors. Part of the Constitution talked about life, liberty, and freedom. They were talking about themselves, but when they were talking about our ancestors, they use they would use terms like those who are bound, those who are in debt, and those in servitude. That was our ancestors who were bound. Our ancestors were property. That's how the the constitution constitutionalists viewed them. From what I understand, they didn't change the document very much. So this is kind of where everything started. So when a particular constitutional provision applied to blacks only, on this platform, we require a new type of thinking. And, th and this is why I host these video podcast, not for my health, but to stay consistent. We can't be afraid of obtaining power, wealth, and influence. That is what we need in order to reach our black youth and our African youth. Through Gagai of Chicago, we will reteach our members and students the importance of owning and controlling our own community housing, community health care clinic, and community grocery store, and having assets. We got to educate our people that the white supremacist financial elites don't just take your money through taxes, they also go after your assets. That's why one of our classes, we will offer financial literacy. Today, the white supremacist financial elites are still making money off of our people. One is through the school-to-prison pipeline to target our inner-city youth so that they can remain within the system because they are viewed as an asset and a commodity, just like our ancestors were. Jefferson, Madison, and others were rich white men sitting around making so much money off the slave trade. They were capitalists. And they use four steps of building wealth. Number one, financial consciousness. Number two, a plan to obtain money and resources. Number three, execute the plan. That's consistency. Number four, buying real estate. Rich people can't stay rich and powerful. People, unless they're able to convince millions of people to do the work for them. This has been going on for thousands of years under the feudal system. 
the wealth, the, the wealthy claim to be the smartest. They're hoarding all of the resources. They have access to the military and now they are trying to figure out how do we convince the masses to do the dirty work for, for us. Now, now don't you see why those in power don't teach your children anything about entrepreneurship. They don't teach students how to invest money. Why don't they teach students about the stock market? I remember back when I was in college, I wrote an essay about why college athletes should be getting paid. I think financial economic immaturity is a huge problem in the black community. If everybody who is listening to this video podcast made sure that your children understand the basics of entrepreneurship, real estate, investing, and, and the stock market that would move black wealth in the African-American community by millions of dollars. What I'm trying to say here is that there are certain things that white people do that structure a society that kind of keep us a day late and a dollar short. That extracts our wealth, but then what has also occurred is that the brainwashing has led us to continue to patronize non-black businesses. I am encouraging everybody who is listening to this video podcast, please help get my revised book on that bestsellers list and donate what you can to our film project. You can find the links to both my revised book and our GoFundMe page in the comment section below this video podcast. The framers wanted African slaves, but they wanted to avoid looking like hypocrites, but they were convinced that this nation could only develop and prosper if free African labor, which was the heart and soul of this nation. Therefore, the nation's most sacred documents, the U.S. Constitution and the Declaration of Independence were inspired and shaped by the most notorious inhumane institution, American slavery. African slaves were an absolute necessity and also represented personal wealth in the country's largest natural resources, although they were never acknowledged in public documents. Blacks were not allowed in the in the benefit of this new country or to define the rights and privileges that were institutionalized and applicable to whites only. The founding fathers wanted to protect whites as well as their own reputation and the drafting of the U.S. Constitution, they did not want to be judged as hypocrites proclaiming freedom and democracy for whites while at the same time establishing a peculiar institution for blacks. The record does not indicate that even one delegate demanded that blacks have the same rights as whites to pursue life, liberty, and property. They decided to make a low-key approach to identifying the victims nearly a century later. Conservatives of the U.S. 
Congress employed the same tactics in writing of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment to the Constitution in the 1960s. Again, conservative policymakers persuaded Congress to use broad and ambiguous terms to avoid specifying the benefits and rights targeted to black Americans. The pattern of using eutherisms to obscure intent is entrenched in the nation's historical patterns can only be recognized if you know history. Again, during the 1960s black civil rights movement, conservatives and liberal liberals alike uses eutherisms to misdirect black leaders into accepting and designating destination of blacks into broad and ambiguous categories such as diversity, minorities, multiculture, and people of color. So this explains the history of why people don't like to use the word black. This explains why most Hollywood celebrities get in trouble if they talk about anything specifically for black people. Also, politicians are not allowed to do anything specifically for black people because then people turn around and say that's you're being racist or whatever. So here's a tradition of not using the word black, but using other words like minority and all that other stuff, diversity, equity, and inclusion. That that as opposed to just saying black people. And so this is one of the reasons why when I started the grassroots community activist movement, I wanted to be clear about who we are, what we represent, and where we're from. Whatever the consequences were, we were ready to handle it head on. Our objective is to promote black economic empowerment. The reason why racism continues in America is because we don't have a counter system to solve this problem for black Americans. What I've been trying to do for the past 32 years is find black experts in America to be community advocates. This will help the African-American community on so many levels. We need black experts who are not scared to be black. This is what matters. This is where we're putting all of our energy into the black family, black culture, and the black community. The black experience is unlike any other experience in America. The Constitution, the most fundamental document in this nation, they wrote it to keep you as slave, as a slave. They wrote it to keep you subordinate. They wrote it to make sure that everybody gets rich except us. Now, 200 years later, everybody's rich but us. Conservatives and liberals uses eutherism to misdirect black leaders into accepting the the destination of blacks into broad and ambiguous categories such as diversity, minority, multicultural, and people of color. 
how ironic is it that black civil rights leaders, elected officials, ministers, and liberals seldom seem to realize the eutherism tactics preferred centuries earlier that specifically rendered to black people invisible. I'm seeing possibilities. I see solutions. I don't see problems. I see opportunities. I see greatness in us. That's what I see. Black leaders quietly gave into the political correctness and benign and neglect policies and provided over over the shift from black, black to broad groupings, which dis, displaced black issues. The founding fathers drafted the first U.S. Constitution, has been successively employed in the legal aspects of race through the present day. To summarize the founding fathers of the Constitution who wrote that the first documents, their original plan was to make sure that they stayed rich and that white Americans were separate from black people. Their debate was not over whether, whether or not black people should be liberated or treated better. Their debate was how do we achieve that goal of separating the races without looking like hypocrites. They did not want to tarnish the Constitution because this is the document that people are going to remember them by. So the compromise that they came up with was we're going to talk about black people, but we're going to use language that not too harsh. We're not going to talk about them as slaves. We're going to talk about white people we're going to say, we the people, all the people, free persons, immigrants, and American citizens. When we talk about black people, we use terms like those who are bound, those who are in debt, those in servitude, those who are bound, such persons, all of other uh, persons that unhappy. So this is what the country was founded on to understand what we're dealing with. Why were blacks classified as three-fifths of a human? The three-fifths compromise was an agreement reached during the 1787 United States Constitution Convention over the inclusion of slaves in a state total population. This count will determine the number of seats in the House of Representatives, the number of electoral votes each state would be allocated and how much money the states would pay taxes in. Slaveholding states wanted their entire population to be counted to determine the number of representatives those states could elect and send to Congress. Freed states wanted to exclude and the counting of slave populations in slave states since those slaves had no voting rights. 
a compromise was struck to resolve this imbalance. The compromise counted three-fifths of each state's slave population toward that state's total population for the purpose of, of appointing the House of Representatives. Effectively, given the southern states more power in the House relative to the northern states. There's always been class division in every civilization. We could trace it back to ancient African kingdoms. They had class division. Everybody had a position, right? American capitalism only works if black people continue to believe we're poor. See, the greatest trick that they have told you was that you're poor. If you believe believe it, you're going to enact in it. Even the Bible teaches whatever a man thinketh. Uh, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. If you walk around saying, I'm poor, we can't do nothing, you are putting those words in the atmosphere. Subconsciously, you, you're going to sabotage yourself to make sure you stay poor. If the system programs your mind, then they got you. You don't have to be a slave bound in chains. As long as they control your mind, then you're not a threat. During slavery, when a slave would try to escape or fight back, the overseer would bring out all of the slaves and then they would beat the biggest and strongest male slave in front of everybody to put fear in their hearts, not to rebel. Now look at today. As long as you believe that you are poor, you're going to stay poor. If you believe that that mess, then most likely you are going to turn to the streets to make your money. That's why I am trying to share my story to those who will listen, I am trying to build something positive in the low-income African American community that will help break, that will help broken black families that want more out of life and that want to see their children succeed in life. If only I could connect with other like-minded black people and like-minded African people who would give my vision and plan a chance, we could turn around Chicago within three years. When you move from from a poverty mindset to a middle class mindset, you will see a big difference. Notice the majority of black people who are in prison came from the low income African American community because of the lack of opportunities and making bad decisions. This is why within my Christian business, we will offer a second chance program for ex-offenders of nonviolent crimes former gang members, and homeless individuals within the community. I believe a lot of Pookie and Ray Rays would stop doing what they're doing if we had an opp- if they had an opportunity to make legal income that would jump, they would jump on it. All it takes is a made-up mind that you want to do better for your community and for your people. If you are going to be around me. I'm going. I'm not going to accept that poverty mindset because I know where that came from. 
that didn't come from the Lord. The Bible says a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Proverbs 13, verse 22. I am called to create a new system that will be just, a just system for all, but I can't build it by myself. I need GERCAM members from American, African uh, immigrants to black Americans to step up and work with me. While I'm alive, don't wait until I am dead to embrace my vision and plan for black America and Africa. We're going to return to our rightful place in this world. Our first task is to get this film project fully funded and made this year so that the proceeds from the film would allow me to hire qualified black middle class professionals and African immigrants here within the United States so that we can build the Grassroots Community Activist Institute of Chicago together. We're going to offer parental classes and business classes. We're going to expand the business to the African continent starting in South Africa. We're going to buy property so that we can build, own and control our own hotels, restaurants, shopping malls, etc. I will also lead by example by applying for dual citizenship and shooting our second film, quote, African Liberator, Battle Against the Colonized Mindset, unquote. I will encourage all of my group members who reside in America to become global citizens and expats in African nations, Caribbean nations, and in Brazil. We're going to have a better life outside of America, mark my words. The white supremacist financial elites tried to make us go extinct, and other groups did eventually become extinct, but God had his hand on us. We will get our reparations, those who want to continue living in America, being treated as fourth and fifth class citizens, while begging the white supremacist financial elites for freedom, justice, and equality for another 60 years, more power to you. But as for me and my house, I am reclaiming my ancestral homeland, which is Africa. Through this platform, I have a global audience. I'm going to wake up my people worldwide, especially black youth and African youth. Gurkham is for you and your generation. Western nation influence is going to decline. Even Emmanuel Macron, President of France said he fears a world where the West doesn't have influence. Well, it's coming to pass. The white supremacist financial elites attacked Africans for hundreds of years. They came to our land and enslaved our people and brought them to the new world and afflicted my people for 400 years. The European nations that colonized Africa was Belgium, the British, France, Germany, Italy, Portuguese, and Spain. So they owe you all reparations. And you all have to fight for that. Those of you that's in the uh, Caribbean, um, you're going to have to um, get your reparations from France. And those of you in 
Um, Brazil, you're going to have to get your uh, reparations from Portuguese and Spain. Notice all of the calamities that has happened in since 2019. Things like COVID-19. Alfred McCoy predicted that the American empire will collapse in 2030. So take that for what it's worth. The white supremacist financial elites are now trying to flood the zone with illegal immigrants in order to neutralize the black vote in America. Their plan is to depopulate urban cities in America through urban gentrification and raising property taxes. Things that I have been warning black Americans about for the past 32 years. Now my, now my words are starting to come to pass. I've been encouraging my, mem- my members to get their passports and be regis- registered to vote. I've been encouraging my group members to form an alliance with African immigrants, Afro-Caribbeans, and Afro-Brazilians, and Afro-Latinos. Our goal for 2024 is to get everyone on my Facebook friends list. That's, that should be 1,868 people and everyone in my social groups to help get my revised book on that bestsellers list and also to fund our film project so that we can get it fully funded and made this year. I'm asking everyone on my Facebook friends list to please subscribe to my YouTube page. Once the proceeds from the film starts pouring in, then we're going to build Rikai of Chicago together. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you on the next video podcast. Please join Gurkham by joining either my Christian groups, Light of the World Inspirational Group, or Christian Spoken Word Network. You can also join my secular groups like Gurkai of Africa, Gurkai of Chicago, or New Black Voices of Media, etc. Also, exchange emails with me if you're serious about doing business with me. Because this is my third Facebook page and hackers are forever bugging. I don't know if they, when they're going to shut me down again. But I just want you to know that, hey, just exchange emails with me so we can stay connected. And, you know, we're going to keep doing this until we get this film project fully funded and made. Please leave a public comment on my YouTube page about the topic. Most of all, share this video podcast with your friends. This will help get the ball rolling. I would like to thank everyone who have contributed or will contribute to support us on our PayPal page by purchasing items from our virtual store, purchasing my revised book, or sending a direct donation through our GoFundMe page. We appreciate your support. You can find all of the links below this video podcast in the comment section. If you're listening to this audio podcast on Spotify, just click on the YouTube icon and select the About section. Then scroll down to to links. Peace and blessings. And that's going to conclude our show for today.